long time. Right? I really, I really don't. But I, now I understand. <laughs> Friday, Janu- January 3rd, 2020. We made it. We We're made here. it into 2020. Christian, Pablo, and Dave podcast. Booyah. Booyah. Live. On site. From the, what's this place called? The Kenwood. The Kenwood. Yeah. Kenwood. But not the nursing home. No, not the that, restaurant. The restaurant. Although, <laughs> give us time. That was Static Panic leading in my son's band. They sound fantastic. You guys got to go and see them No, sometime. we actually do have I to know. go and see it, and we have to like give it a genuine listen. Sometime. And we have to dance our heads off. Oh, God. Oh, God. Do we? When are they playing next? I, you know, I don't know. He, they, they just played at the 7th Street entry the other night, and he didn't tell me. Yeah. Th- I, saw, yeah. <laughs> I saw reviews of it the next day. Uh, he, he like, are no, you kidding me? What? Did he not tell you just because he spaced it out, or did he not tell you because he was like, I don't want my old man showing up? Yeah, weirdly, old crew. Weirdly, those guys are like the worst at social media. Yeah. You would think that millennials or no, Gen Zs or whatever would be. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, it no, doesn't surprise me when anyone. Well, for one thing, they don't do Facebook. You know, yeah. no, no kids do no. Facebook anymore. So I've joined them. Have you? I have. Are you yeah, but the thing off? is, you're not on Snapchat. I'm not on Snapchat, and I'm not on... Is Vine still a thing? No, Vine is no, not a thing, but uh, TikTok is. Oh, TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. Oh, you know, I, I put that on my phone. TikTok? It's yeah, fun. TikTok's it's fun. It's a weird new platform. It's fun. Huh. Have I'm you done a, anything? I, I don't create any content on there, but I, I like watching it. You know, I like... I have... Um, uh, I follow a number of meme channels on Instagram, too, which, although for the most part are... Holy trash! Uh, it is, it is uh, a valuable perspective offered, and sometimes they're very funny. Actually, see, that's what I love though about your inclusivity. They're holy trash, but it's a plus. I think it's yeah. I yeah. think it's a plus. I like. I that. mean, I, you know, this. Um, you know, when when I was younger, um, sampling. Um, came into the popular culture and was first uh, questioned as uh, being, you know, is it art or is it not art? And, um, you know, I think the, the verdict is in that uh, it's this not is, art. That it's <laughs> art and this is part of an ever-evolving uh, cultural language. And, um, you know, when you look at the these... Uh, younger folks are inundated with images and sounds and so on and so forth. <laughs> younger and folks. Yeah, yeah, they are in a way that we weren't. Hey, anyway. so whippersnappers. <laughs> well, I'm talking about 15 year olds, you know. Yeah, and their and brains are different because of it. Yeah, possibly, but um, but their um, interest and ability to manipulate that information and and spit it back out in interesting new ways, which is the crux of culture. Um, I find, I find pretty cool. fascinating. Yeah, I do, and sometimes it's very funny, and you know. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. I, I was looking at um, Ibram Kendi's got his next book coming out as a he's. Is that a it. meme? It, no, he he's <laughs> the um, he's the professor who wrote Stamped from the beginning. He's kind of the. Um, I would say he's the intellectual voice of it, the anti-racist movement uh, on a certain historical level right now. He's got an institute at the university. Oh, God, now I'm not going to remember which one. American University. But anyway, he put out this huge, wonderful book 
Now he's putting it out as a mixed tape, he calls it. Oh, that's awesome. I know, because people's attention, are it's different, and we grab things in different ways now. And he's writing a book, a, a, you know, a narrative. I can't, I'm... It's not I know we haven't had our food oh my yet, God, and the coffee's it's so early, just you coming guys. in. <laughs> and and I I, I'm still, you know, vibing off the New Year's Eve. Can I just say? Yeah. My, what What did you do? Oh, it was so great. We threw Let's down. We threw down with the yeah. brass messengers. Oh, cool. Yeah, we threw. Where did you play? We threw a big party at the Ivy Building Christian for the arts. Back background. Yeah. Plays in a band called the Butt the, 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 the Butt Bull Messengers. Yeah. The Butthole Surfers. <laughs> little but, known fact. Butthole Messengers. Um, the Brass Messengers. They're awesome. They are awesome. The brass band. Uh, uh, sort of New Orleans style, would you call it? Or We're yeah, kind some of, of an is. amalgamation of things at this point. We started yeah. out as our roots Bunch in of old hippies Eastern blowing European on trombones and street band, activist street bands. Yeah, we're 10-piece brass band. Been in the community for 17 years. Let, let me say this of the Brass Messengers, that nobody I know from any Ooh, here's walk of life food. that sees the Brass Messengers has a bad time. Oh, Pablo, thank you. That is nice to know. Well, we someone did call us the antidepressant of the Twin Cities, yeah. which I like. That's a good yeah, feeling. Nice. Okay, so yeah. on to what you did on, on So New we Year's. threw a huge New Year's Eve dance party for the community. and See, I, How come I did not know about this? You did, actually. No, I didn't. I invited you, but you <laughs> no, said you, you wanted to wear a suit. Yeah, at our last breakfast, you said you wanted to wear a suit and to dance. You wanted to dress up, which I respect. I uh. mad respect. Dang it. I know, but My speaking of pancake has arrived, oh, and I'm, so excited. I'm off syrup, so there you go. Okay, thanks. You know I like your syrup for my potatoes. <laughs> Pablo's making his pancake very shiny with butter. I, I am. Know. I believe in butter. And look at those scrambled eggs. We Okay, uh, more background. We love breakfast here. Yeah, we, uh, Yeah. this is how th- Sarah, this all started. Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. I think, I think we're good. good. I think we're good. Thank you. Yeah. So this is this is actually our uh, our incarnation mm. place locale. Yeah. We uh, we have breakfast here every two weeks. Yep. At the Kenwood, at uh, uh, on the sh- lovely shores of Lake of the Isles. And we have to eat away from the mic so they don't. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. We have to take turns. Um, what is it? The MSDQ? MSDR? MSDR? No. What is that? AMS. ASMR. ASMR. Oh, yeah, we're not doing one of those. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's in the, uh, the ears of the beholder, I guess. <laughs> but Dave, you would have loved this party because it was mad fun. And we did a short Was there lots of girls there? There were tons of people, <laughs> a lot of girls. And we did, a, we did a New Year's Eve for kids. So we had people showing up with their families at 8.30, and then we rang in the New Year at 9.00. So that they could go home, ditch the kids to the babysitter, and come back and party, or just stay home, or just stay home. In their did video. you play all, all Lang Syne? We sure did. We played it twice. We played it at the nine o'clock midnight for kids, <laughs> <laughs> and then we played it at the real midnight. Oh, okay. Next well, year. Next year. <laughs> I guess. You sound so disappointed, Dave. Did you have a good New Year's? No, I just sat on my couch. No, really? Yeah. You yeah. didn't go out and do anything. No, I, uh, there was sort of a New Year's-ish celebration at uh, a hotel, a, a, a salsa thing on the 28th. 
So I did that. It was a, a Gatsby-esque party, a 1920s dress-up party. So I, I, I wore my suit. I want to see suit. the pictures of the suit and the boater. I want to yeah. see those pictures. Uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, boaters. Nobody looks good in a boat. Well, I What's guess a boater. You look good. A boater hat. I've uh, seen you, know, the you flat, wear it with your the flat top straw hat. Meteor boys. Oh. No, actually, that those are not boaters. Those oh. are just straw hats. Oh. But uh, but a boater has a wide flat brim that goes all the way around. It's like uh, it's super. It, it kind of reminds me of like barbershop quartet or something. Yeah. You know, like that's super, what I'm imagining. Super cheese ball. Although the Classic. guys, you know, like in the in old photos of the 1920s, those guys made it look good for some <laughs> reason. I think they had littler heads. I've got a big melon and that might. <laughs> Boater looked All overly those brains. large. <laughs> but uh, what are you looking at there, Pablo? Um, I'm going to move this so that I can see you because I'm doing a time lapse. Oh, Pablo's further oh. documenting this and I, historic event. I think we'll probably delete it Video. because it just has pictures of us with open mouths shoving food <laughs> into our face. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the image I want for the new year. <laughs> yeah, let it be known that this is... A further experiment into the world of podcasting, and this is our we so. It's kind of hard to get together more than once every two weeks, probably. So we definitely want to get together for breakfast, and we may as well combine it with podcasting, right? Absolutely. Okay, you both of you are chewing, so I can see that I'm gonna. I know. I'm gonna have to keep I on talking. I have to say it. I, I have to say. I think I need to just get a little layer of nutrition in because yeah. I am so tired from. The excitement of Christmas, the New Year, the holidays, family in town. Seriously, I have felt like I have some kind of a sleeping sickness or something the last few days. I have, you know, talk about napping. I've been falling asleep and napping for like two hours in the middle of the afternoon every day. And waking up just feeling like I weigh a thousand pounds. Wow. Yeah, I might be fighting off some bug or something. Yeah. Um, you should also make sure that you don't have sleep apnea. That's always my public service message. Yeah. Well, yeah. Having had a girlfriend and slept with, a, you know, I've asked about that. You know, whether I I snore or do and, and What's occa- the word? occasionally I I apparently do snore, but very severe. She, she said very quietly. Yeah. God Daintily. bless you. Dainty so story. yeah, I've got a little a very light well. purring. Oh, how nice. <laughs> a very purring snore. Well, I've done a sleep study, and they're fabulous. So if you want a little vacation from your life, and you can get a doctor's order from, a, a, you know, concerning your sleep issues, you can go to a sleep heaven where they mm. hook you up, and it's like a weird hotel, and everybody's in bathrobes, and they wander around, and... It's, it was like one of the strangest movies I've ever been in. <laughs> it was fantastic. All right. Maybe I will. Yeah. Oh, I need salt. You need salt? How come they never bring salt in this? You always have to ask for salt and pepper. I have noticed Maybe that. they're discouraging it. Hey, Sarah? Yeah. Can I get some salt? Salt. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the new year, the podcast, the new location... Our second podcast. I did think it was so funny that we did the last podcast and then we went out for lunch and we just <laughs> kept kept talking. Well, and then the other thing, and I think I mentioned this to you, Dave, when you uh, posted it, I actually sat and listened to the whole thing. I didn't intend to. I just was going to listen to it and, uh, you know, to make sure uh, I didn't sound like a fool. And um, 
<laughs> and started listening to it. And I was like, oh, I, I like these guys. That's good. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that part. Yeah, they, they. Oh, Dave. That's my buddy Dave. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh Pablo, I love listening to you talk. And, I know. And I went ice skating with uh, Kristen's sister's. Carol Lee and Boo. Yes, oh, so fun. my two younger and sisters. Carol Lee said that she listened to the whole thing. I did. Did she really? Yeah. Oh, she that's mentioned hilarious. nothing of that to me. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, that's nice. Yeah. A little family support. Yeah. And you went uh, ice I, skating. Yeah, I went. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I ice skate at least twice a week anyway. But uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, it was at the Roseville Oval. Are you? Are you I haven't been there. Do you go to parade? Uh. I skate at parades sometimes, yeah. yeah. Because I skate, but, too. I love to skate. But parade is indoors, and uh, yeah. and the Roosevelt Oval is oh, outdoors, and it's right. an outdoor refrigerated rink that's huge. Nice. It's as big as a soccer field. Whoa. And uh, um, it was built as a bandy rink. Are you familiar with What's bandy? That? So bandy is a uh, uh, hockey-like sport. It, it, it's more like field hockey. There's uh, 11. It, it's like soccer on skates, but with much shorter hockey sticks and you play it with a ball. Is it? Um, that's about the size of a baseball. It's on ice though? On ice, yeah. Is it aggressive and it's like got hockey? A, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, they've got pads and stuff like that but they whack this ball and it's got a big goal that's about the size of a, a soccer goal. And are, are they on skates? On skates, yeah. Nice. And it's, it's a very fast sport. It's all about um, skating. Nude or not nude? <laughs> it, it, it's clothing optional. Clothing optional for the... But you might want pads because they smack this ball wow. about 90 miles an hour, you know? That goes without saying. <laughs> hmm. So if you just want to go with the cup, you can. I, w- I want to see that. I'd probably do that. I want to see that film. Cup and dark glasses. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Um... I keep thinking I live right. Are we going to Are we going to work blue on this uh, podcast? We, we should. We should start working. I don't know. Maybe. So much of my early years are dark, dark blue that. <laughs> I don't so think much I need of, to do that anymore. So much of my band life is listening to. <laughs> yeah. A certain kind of locker room banter. <laughs> Plus, I feel like I need to save up some material for when Oliver is in his teens. Oh, Oliver. Oh, speaking of, that was a uh, well. I guess I had met him once before, but uh, 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 Pablo put out a little New Year's video. Happy New Year! It was that so was, beautiful. Yeah, thanks, really guys. Lovely. I really appreciate that. That was gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, and it started out with you and Oliver bickering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Over a paper robot. That's right. So um, it's funny because Oliver. He wants to have his own YouTube channel, um, and he's really into collecting uh, Legos and collecting certain toys. So we've actually filmed a number a number of things together. We did a Cheez It commercial, which was really funny. Oh my God, I want to see that. Is it on your Vimeo? He said to me, "No, no, <laughs> it's not for sir. public Thank consumption." You. He he <laughs> said to me one afternoon, he was like, uh, "You're you're really good at words, so could you?" Could you write a rap for me for Cheez-Its? Oh, so <laughs> I said, okay, I'm in. And uh, I did get in trouble for using the word mother trucker um, <laughs> and from when, certain let's just parental be clear. units. Yeah, in trouble from whom? Certain parental <laughs> units that, that will go unnamed. Anyway, um, 
rhymes with Pephany. <laughs> <laughs> or Epiphany. Anyway, uh, she's probably not wrong. But, um, but that was really fun. And then the other day, we shot a toy review, which he was really interested in doing. Because he wanted to see, you know, he watches YouTube a lot. And he wants to understand, well, how do you, how do things become, come into existence on YouTube? Like, he doesn't. He knows I have a YouTube channel, so we sort of walk through the process. And wait, you have a YouTube channel? Sure, of course. Yeah, there's a lot of everybody e- has epiphanies a YouTube channel today. There are. I don't use it much, but I have one. I use Vimeo for my professional uh, stuff, and then I just have a YouTube channel to have it. But anyway, so we did this uh, toy review, and we did it, and I. You know, I told him he wanted to do like 800 different minifigs and stuff. And I told him, I said, hey, man, you know, we're going to have to edit this and that's going to take a long time. And so we we limited it to four and then I edited it and we posted it. And he was really thrilled. And I heard him showing his cousin and saying, yeah, but it takes a long time to edit. (laughs) (laughs) I thought to myself, well, here he is coming into his own as a producer and content creator. That's so He's learning lessons early and hard. Don't overshoot. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who's the. Oh God, there's a couple of video channels that are really well done, just gr- like girls talking. Ton of them. Yeah, yeah. And Emma, a t- Emma Chamberlain. Have you ever seen Emma? Emma Chamberlain. No. Oh my God, she is awesome. Yeah. Hilarious. It's so it's hilarious. The editing is hilarious. Because she's always, like, messing with her own face, kind of, and, like, doing, you know, like, if she if she rubs her eye or something, like, she, she'll she make a, a little sound that's, like... Oh, funny. You know, like, and, uh, yeah, and she's just hilarious. Well, there's a lot of great stuff Kind of insecure and, and, and self-effacing and Is she awesome. a kid? Uh, she's, you know, like, 20. But, yeah, she's... Yeah, I watch, I mean, I watch a lot of YouTube, um, and I watch some Twitch, which is game streaming, and, um, you know, I'm into it. I I like that sort of uh, platform. Some of it's good, some of it's not good. You know, it's a little like um, comedy improv. When you go see comedy improv, there's a high risk of failure. You know, a lot of comedy improv is terrible, but you go see it for that small amount of time when it's amazing. And it's its own thing. You can't get anything like it unless you go. I find it so exhausting. Yeah. I go to well, those sure. things and the I come out. The comedy improv? Yeah, oh. I come out like with PTSD. Really? Yeah, because I am so mortified <laughs> oh, like, no. for, like for an hour. And, and yeah, occasionally you do get those well, how do you five about, minutes of. What about live theater in general? <laughs> I love live theater. I mean, if it's so, well done, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. How do you feel about the success-to-failure ratio of live theater that you've gone to? Almost everything is fantastic around here. Well, that's good. Well, because well, I, I, I tend to go to things that are well-reviewed. I don't have season tickets anywhere. Um, so I seldom see something that is not good. But, you, you know, like everything see? in the jungle is great. Every time I've gone to the jungle, it's been great. Did you happen to see Steve Epp in his show called What If? No. Oh my god, I hope they bring it back because it's not around anymore so I won't spend a lot of time on it except to say that Steve Epp is a national treasure. Here, here. Yes. Where where was it? It was at the moving company and actually both parts were amazing. The first part was Steve Epp 
in a one, it was just him. And then there was an intermission, and then the second half was Nathan Keepers and Sarah Agnew. And the whole evening was just brilliant. I mean, just phenomenal. I didn't writing. know that Nathan was still doing. Um, oh, yeah, I guess. I get Nathan Keepers mixed up with another Nathan. Oh. Huh. Huh. What other There's Nathan? more than one Nathan? There's so Apparently many Nathans. So. I can't remember the other Nathan's last name. Oh. But I'm going to figure it out. No, you were your pretty little heads. <laughs> um, did I tell you about... Uh, so it was Boo that told Jim and I about Gats. Oh, Boo, my sister. Yeah, your sister. Know her? Yeah. Gats? I, she came to Christmas. Now I, it's, all, <laughs> it's all coming back. And I, I rented a empty apartment in my building so Carolee and Boo could be Christmas proximate. Yeah. Oh, wow. that's so that's sweet. Brilliant. It was like a family compound. It had its moments. It was interesting. Because <laughs> Boo came from New York and Carolee came from Chicago. They're my younger sisters. Yeah, what's the... Uh, so how does it go uh, as far as the uh, birth order? It goes Kern, Kelly, Kristen, Carolee, Kathleen. But it's really... Slow oops, down. Slow now down. I'm in trouble. It goes Kern and then Camille. Camille? Never yeah, there's it. always a new one every time she decides her family <laughs> lineage. It's and then occasionally she leaves out the brother, names. and sometimes she includes the what brother. What do you mean? My brothers are here at this table. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Um, I'm the middle. There's two older and two younger. And, and, and All ladies. It's a lady party. It's a lady party. It's, it's female power. Kern, Camille, Kristen? Yeah. Carolee. Carolee. And Boo. And Boo. Oh, Boo's a baby. Okay. Yeah, caboose. Well, anyway, so Boo works in the theater industry out in New York City, and she's sort of... She's a producer. Often when I go to uh, to New York, I, I contact her and say what is cool to see right now. And like one time, she sent me to Our Town, like a, a oh, yeah. little uh, off-Broadway production of, of Our Town, which I, I have seen, you know, 20 times. But the one that she sent me to was freaking fantastic. Wow. Oh, that's an amazing God. show. It is an amazing show. Oh, and but it they brought some different aspects to, to the characters that totally made sense. Was that the one that Michael Shannon was in? No, no, no. It was off Broadway. It was that, uh, no off Broadway. Yeah. Oh, he was in. I no. think it was the Bowery or the Cherry Lane. No, this one was like at a church. Oh, a, wow. Like in a church basement. Cool. It, it was a tiny, tiny little locale. I played Wally Webb for Aww. two runs at the Guthrie when nice I was a child job. in our town. Way to go. Did you enjoy it? I loved it. Who's Wally Webb? Is he the closeted or the... Uh, <laughs> yes, he's the closeted psychopath that <laughs> can't seem to sexually gratify himself and lives in the Webb's basement. <laughs> that, is, that was not in the production that I did. <laughs> no, Wally Webb is Emily Webb's younger brother. It's a very small oh, okay. part. Um, but the... Who was the librarian? What was the... Uh, wasn't there an old, older guy who was a, a librarian? Well, there's the stage manager who's sort of walks you through the show. Yeah, no. There's the choir director. Choir who, director. Oh, who That's was the drunk. So yes. sweet. So yes, sad. yes, yes, yes. So the the way that they uh, that they presented that character was that he was a closeted gay guy. Oh, interesting. And that was what led to his, uh, uh, or, or it was inferred that that was part of his uh, in 
internal demons. Wow. I did that play in Kellier, Minnesota with community members in a Did bar. you just make up that name because of all the, the family names, the Camille? <laughs> Co- no, you'd think so, but <laughs> no, I, when I was doing artist residencies in the 90s, I had a couple long-term residencies in Kellier, Minnesota, and one of them resulted in a community production of our town in the sports bar, and it was a mixture of kids and community members. It was quite a, it was authentic. Wow. Great play. My takeaway as a youth, because I did it two runs, we did two runs, and I'd aged actually quite a bit in between them because that's... What you know that do. that period of time, and so I had to have a re-costume fitting and all that. But when I auditioned for the play, uh, the guy that directed it was actually a, a very well-known um, American theater director named Alan Schneider. Ah, yes. And you know, I was at Children's Theater at the time, and um, I'd gotten the audition, and I knew who the casting director was. I think it was a guy named Stephen something. And so I was a little intimidated by him. I went into these, you know, this giant rehearsal room at the Guthrie. Was it Stephen Caney? I don't remember. Anyway, um, and uh, there was the casting director, who was very nice and very polite, uh, didn't say much. And then there was this very, very nice guy who was smiley and kind of like, you know, grandpa-like next to him, who just wanted to play. And I thought he was just the guy. I thought he was like a hired guy to do. Like, no, I didn't know any better. But he's like the hired guy to do the, you know, auditions for the kids or something. And, uh, and but it turned out to be Alan Schneider. And he said at the end, he said, "If I give you the part, will you cut your hair?" <laughs> <laughs> and then it's dawned on me, oh, you idiot! This is the director. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Cut my hair, and very sadly, I don't know how many years later, but he was killed by a motorcycle. A motorcycle hit him, and he, and he died. But he was such a lovely fellow, and so professional, and so talented, and it, it really made an impression on me. And one of the reasons why I quit doing theater, by the way, because I was like, I'm not going to get an opportunity to work with a guy like this for yes. real, unless I put in a lot of heavy lifting, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. So you peaked early in your acting career, Brilliant working with the best. And yes. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant shining star, and I stepped away. So far, <laughs> I, I see a, I see a circle circle happening. Maybe I don't think I'll ever <laughs> act again. Tevia, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> He's, Pablo's. You're kind of a dead ringer for Tevia. Well, I would say. Uh, not so much now as when I have my giant man beard. Uh, this is my medium to small man beard but I have on occasion grown a, a full on man beard and uh, and then depending on what hat I wear yeah I look a lot like Tevi in fact I was uh, years ago when I was on this dating site um, um, some woman made a comment to that effect when I said well you know if you or she, I think she was wondering like what I looked like. I don't know what the particulars were, but I, I used Tevia as a descriptor, and that was an in. We ended up going on a couple days. Very nice gal. Um, it was very funny. That's a great musical. One of the great. I mean, do you love that musical? Never yeah, seen it. I love it. Fiddler. What are you talking? There's a about? lot of cultural, uh, important cultural touchstones that are I am innocent of. I, Dude, it's in it's in New York right now in Yiddish, and I really want to see it. 
but I'm not going to because I think the run closes sometime in January. But oh, that movie, the movie of that, it's so good, so poignant, so rich. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, well, I saw it when it came out in the. It must have been the early seventies or late sixties or early seventies, and yeah. and yeah, it it totally changed my life. It, and in fact, that was one of the first wow. albums that I ever that we owned uh, or that the kids owned. The double um, album, right? That opened up with I the orange yeah. drawing. Maybe. Yeah. Why was it a life changer, Dave? Uh, the music. Well, just the story of the music. I was so sad at, at, at the end. You know where where you knew. That they had to, they were kicked out of their homes by the Nazis or whatever, and um, I did not realize. That. Oh, it's all about refugees. Oh God, you I told you the ending. It. Shit, what? I ruined uh, yeah, it for you. I That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Darn well, anyway, the uh, they're all uh, the the movie uh, or the play ends with uh, with them leaving their little village, Anatevia, and going uh, to the United States, immigrating to the United States, and. Uh, and they're saying to each other, uh, "Oh, where are you going? I'm going to, I'm going to Virginia. How about you? I'm going to Chicago. We'll be neighbors, you know, <laughs> or something." Um, and knowing that these these people who are who are basically family are are uh, never going to see each other again. I know it's it was really an incredible introduction to the displacement of, and to the the. Just the whole diaspora of Jewish culture. And this might be why I don't go see movies like that because, you know, that's essentially the story of my family, certainly right. on my mother's side. I have a whole bunch of Israeli cousins that I don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, there were three brothers who spread to the winds and, um, you know, you don't know. Just, yeah. Another thing that was interesting about that movie was that uh, at the time, okay, so it must have been when I was maybe in third grade, second or third grade, that that movie came out. So I would have been, I don't know, eight maybe. Um, So that must have been right about 1970 that that movie came out. But our music teacher was this woman named Mrs. Harnick. And... uh, when that when we got that album, it said Sheldon Harnick on it, and uh, uh, Sheldon Harnick was the musical or, or wrote the, the composer, I don't know, the lyricist. Like, yeah, I, I think it was two men. I think he was the I think he was the music guy, but anyway, Sheldon Harnick was my music teacher's brother-in-law. Oh, funny. And yeah, and he was apparently a big you know he was a big hitter on Broadway for years and just yeah the the music for that show it, it just fits so beautifully into the story and the you know like the, the, on Broadway the songwriting for Broadway is supposed to you know like every song is supposed to advance the plot and sometimes it feels like a song is kind of shoehorned in there and that was like the, the criticism of Johnny Mercer he, they said that Johnny Mercer was not able to write for Broadway because he couldn't fit the story he, he he wasn't able to advance the story with mm-hmm. the song so none of his Broadway work was very successful um, but some people did it really well like you know Stephen Sondheim obviously or, um, Sheldon Harnick or yeah I don't anyone know, seen yeah. Cats yet <laughs> the movie mm-hmm. oh man I yeah I, I 
might have to didn't drop what, acid or something. I think the paper this morning said it it lost seventy million dollars. Something they're 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 anticipating losses in the high millions. Yeah. What what a interesting decision flow that resulted in that musical. And who sold all those stars on doing it? My God. I know. All the you know, putting on those bodysuits and I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see it just out of curiosity because I'm fascinated. Well, I'll watch it when it comes to Netflix. Right? Yeah, I'm just fascinated with how that. I've been reading Thinking Fast and Slow. I'm obsessed with Daniel Kahneman. You guys know this because I keep uh, talking re- about it. Recapitulate. Okay, the so Daniel Kahneman and Amos Sversky are two Israeli psychologists who um, basically pioneered and popularized decision-making science. And um, Michael Lewis, who wrote Moneyball, wrote a great book about their collaboration called The Undoing Project. And it's a new field, behavioral economics came out of this research. But it's basically about the fallibility of the human judgment system. I don't remember you ever talking about these people. Really? No, I do. I'm I remember so her obsessed about with this them. Book. Yeah. yeah. But it might not have been in a breakfast. It might have been in a somewhere else. It might have been a sidebar. Okay. Or well, go on. Oh, well, anyway, I've been obsessed with the book and I read it. I read Thinking Fast and Slow a long time ago and then I was rereading it. But it just, it's such a fascinating subject decision making, the flow of making judgments and then taking action as a result of some idea you have about the world. So I wonder what the series of decisions were that resulted well, in Cats, the movie musical. And also, you know, it, it may, I mean, it's not surprising that they would do it. I mean, you know, they're rehashing old properties all the time, and that was a very successful musical. They thought they, well, I think they wanted to make money. Thank you, Sarah. Could I have a little more coffee? Thanks. Well, not just money, but I mean... I mean, that's that project. That was that project was put together to make money, yeah, right? that's the way it feels to me. Come on. Yeah, but I mean, Glitz, can't, can't you say that of Rise of Skywalker? And can't you say that of just every large I don't think so. major motion picture? Absolutely not. I mean, I think in the studio system and with some of these large machines, yes, but the engine of the project, if it doesn't have some kind of grounding in a kind of authorial voice need to speak, I don't... Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You're, I mean, if you look at it from any perspective, um, you're making movies, you want a property that's already proven. Um, you want, inve- you, you've got to have investors. Yeah. You, you want to sort of do it in a new light and contemporize it, and you want to include new, exciting people, and, you know... I don't see how it's any different from anything else in that regard. Huh. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) But what I I am curious about is... I mean, um, can I just back up for a sec? Do you think in the room, talking about Cats the Musical, they were talking about their deep love of cats? They're, you know, I have have two sisters who are cat... cat Well, now let's, let's back up a second because this is... This is um, the musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber. So I think you would have to ask yourself, did Andrew Lloyd Webber write it thinking 
from a place of his deep love of cats. He wrote it about because it was a T.S. Eliot poem. poem. Right. And it was something Okay, that now let's wrote. go back to T.S. Eliot write his poem. <laughs> what I'm saying is maybe it's a little too far away from whatever impulse Andrew Lloyd Webber had in his appreciation for the T.S. Eliot poem. Well, and okay, thinking, oh, and okay, Rise of Skywalker isn't far from what George Lucas no. had initial, initially... Did we enjoy Rise of Skywalker? I'm going to... What is, I'm what going is this to Rise of Skywalker? myself. <laughs> what, is that the latest one? Yeah. The last one? The last sequel, yeah. Yeah. There's the and original there's films, the prequels, and the sequels. Yeah, okay. And The Mandalorian. Yeah. Do you count that? Is it it's, it's, it's not a part of the theatrical films, but, you know, it's, it's uh, Star Wars. But it's Wars. in a universe. What, what I think yeah. is different about it, it, in terms of if we're going to still talk, if we're going to waste any more time on Cats, the movie musical, <laughs> I just I don't, don't think... I don't think of it as a waste. Nothing's wasted. It's true. But I just don't think that that... I wonder, is what I'm saying. I, don't, I wonder about the decision-making process that resulted in this multi-million dollar fiasco. Is and it? I, uh, I, yeah. I, yeah okay. Oh, yeah. Huh. It's, it's... Yeah. But yeah, I didn't really... I think it's lost more money than anything. Huh. Now I gotta see it. I know. It's well. exciting. <laughs> Not then. Hey, you speaking know, of Enron movies, or <laughs> how's your movie? How's your new film? Chess Monster. Chess Monster. Twenty twenty. It's good. I I did some editing yesterday, and I'm uh, I have a bunch of stuff I have to shoot still, but I think I can get that done in one is or it, two days. Is it feature length? Oh no. <laughs> it's you know I don't I have whatever time I have to work on these. These are my personal you know films. And I, this one is maybe 10 minutes in length, and I've been working oh. on it two years. <laughs> I love it, though. But I watched Salmon yesterday. Uh, yeah, I thanks. went down the Vimeo. Well, oh, you did. You went oh, down yes. the Pablo Jones rabbit hole. Pablo Jones, filmmaker <laughs> extraordinaire. And I, I actually saw the film you made of me. Uh, yes. Out of Love, which was... Which, for the record, you hated I at the hated time. You felt so like much. I was violating you. I was... I, you complained to me dis- afterwards Decision non-stop. tree. That was a bad decision <laughs> of my part. you, you <laughs> You're like, come to my house and I'll show you, you the camera that I'm so excited about. And then all of a sudden, I'm... I'm being filmed. You knew what you were getting into. Anyway, (laughs) uh, you refused to let me show it to anyone. That's true. For For two two years. years. (laughs) For two years. That's true. But didn't you re edit it? No. That was the original one. That's the original one. Wait, 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 wait. What what is this? Film so and what? So when, when was, I when was this? This is a number of years ago, and I just gotten a like new six camera. And Frable, who is um, a screenwriter and interested in filmmaking, uh, said, "Oh yeah, I'd love to see it." And and so I said, "Well, we'll do a camera test." And so she came over, and I just threw up a little light, and I this is the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera. Oh. And uh, and 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 you said, "Here, sit on my bed." Yeah, and just. I know. Waka, but waka, waka. I know. Man, and I I'll mean, ask you some questions. I know. And I was so deeply uncomfortable. And, you know, obviously we're such close friends. There was Change into n- something more comfortable. No, no. There was none <laughs> of that. But but I was still, I was so, I, w- I don't, you know, I wasn't prepared to be filmed. I was like, camera test, fun. Uh, then all of a sudden I was the one being filmed. But 
Anyway, doing what? I was just I was talking. just asking your questions. I mean, the so whole thing lasts you know, a minute. And I was just like, what's your name? Where are you yeah, from? Blah, no, blah, blah. And then awful. she was on the phone. She took a and, number of and, calls. And speaking of decision making, in my mind the whole time, I was like, how did I get myself into this? How do I get myself out of this? I was going back through every bad decision I've ever made in my life. <laughs> and I was thinking about, oh, this is how this is how people get murdered. They make bad decisions. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm not going to get murdered. But why did I do this? I love my friend Pablo, but I'm so mad at him right now and yet I'm not mad at him and I'm just trying you know I don't know what I was doing and then I was on like some kind of personality loop where I was like oh my god you were delightful oh you love me you love me and uh, is this on, on Vimeo are you oh, being yeah. traumatized why yeah. why did I bring this up oh I'll my send you the god. link right now Dave. <laughs> dude please dude anyway that's my can that's, you just see the terror in your eyes oh, the whole time I can uh, you know, and uh, I love Pablo so much, so obviously it was also kind of fun. But it was that weird space of just remem- You really hated it after the fact. You yeah, really hated... I hated watching it. Watching it. Because uh-huh. my inner Kate Blanchett turns out to be really a strong Gene Stapleton. <laughs> yeah, this is a conversation that we had the other day. So I, you know, I'm going to start producing my own uh, series... And it'll fall somewhere between my personal and professional spaces. The New Year's greeting that I did, that short film, is uh, sort of a nod in that direction. But I haven't figured out what it is yet. You know, I I produce a lot of stuff for clients, and um, I love doing it. Part of my personal professional development is in doing my own stuff, and not just purely artistic stuff like these short films that I make, um, but something that has some value to my um, professional network um, in some way, shape, or form. So I did some camera tests, and much like Frable, I was not <laughs> super comfortable with the camera test. Because did you look at yourself and go, I look like that? Yeah, and actually I wasn't upset at all with how I looked. I just sounded a lot different than I thought I sounded, and I looked a lot different. You know, I've been a performer for many years, so I know what it's like to be a live performer, but I have not done a lot of on-camera stuff, and so... Um, you know, I just came off different on, and, and I have not talked about, you know, my professional life on camera. So it's a different kind of a thing. And I, I'm not upset about, uh, Would that you say it's a different entity. level of vulnerability to show yourself? I, I wouldn't say it's a question of vulnerability. I would say it's, um, you know how it is. You're, you're, if you're a performer, if you grew up in the performing arts as I did and as you did, um, and Dave, you're also a performer. Um, you have certain ideas that you hold dear about who you are and how cool you are, and and uh, right. like and and what you look like. Are you talking about delusions? Well, here's the thing: some of them, some of them are delusional. Really fertile territory. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, because some of them are delusional, but then there are there are some things that are great about you that you didn't know are great about you. Well, that's your delicious optimism yeah and some people lens yeah of life find the things that you hate adorable yeah, yeah. yeah but or but. things that you wouldn't even notice uh, of value you know so all that to say and then we can get into the meat of the conversation because it sounds like this is something that's oh yeah here, i saw an eyebrow raise you. on dave but all this to say i did the camera tests i had fantasized about being more Bob Dylan and less John Denver but it turns out I'm more John Denver and less Bob Dylan which is totally fine uh, it could be apples and oranges Bob Dylan is amazing John Denver is amazing I am not upset about being either one of them I'm happy you to are be Pablo that. Jones 
Yeah, fair enough. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, really I sure. totally know what you're saying. So, and so I tried to explain this to Stephanie, um, and uh, she kept thinking that I was disparaging John Denver, which I'm totally not disparaging John Denver. Rocky Mountain love, High. And John Denver also, um, you know, when the whole... Um, industry uh, censorship thing came up with the music industry, he and Frank Zappa and Dee Snyder, they right. testified to Congress to defend uh, all the rappers. And, um, you know, he's a he's, a, he's an icon. Badass. And, and Let's not get on to John Denver. Let's get back the, to this performing okay. thing. I'm just saying. So the <laughs> point is, the point is, there's nothing wrong with John Denver. And you have to know if you're presenting yourself to the public in any mediated form, um, photo, film, uh, you know, whatever. You have to know how how you come off. What kind of instrument you're? Yeah, exactly. Working and, with. And, and and you don't actually have to, but it's better if you do. It's just super helpful. I right. mean, you can know it intuitively. You don't have to know it explicitly. Right. Um, and there's a whole range of performance styles and great. And I would say collaborating widens your understanding of that. Okay, let me shoehorn in here. Okay, good. Come last, on in. Last Dave. night I uh, I went on a. Uh, Did you go on a date? On a hin- okay. hinge date. I keep on wanting to say Tinder, but uh, a hinge. Uh, What's a hinge? Hinge date? is a new one. It's a new app. Is um, this like? But you compare refrigerator meats, and if your refrigerator meats are compatible, exactly, you, <laughs> I um, knew it. It's anyway. like hinge. Your life will change from this moment. It's a hinge okay. moment. Yeah, it's, I think it, is how they describe yeah, it. It's the hottest new dating app. And what's new and thrilling about it? <sighs> this is not my point. My point is, <laughs> I went on a date. Okay. And uh, um, met this woman who is quirky and delightful and. If you gave her a pseudonym, what would it be? Oh, she actually had a su- an online pseudonym. I'm not going to go with a pseudonym. Okay. okay. Let's, let me... Don't, you're trying to pull me off my point here. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> my point is, she. Uh, uh, I was telling her about my stage fright. I've got terrible stage fright. And, and really, this has been something that developed in the last 10 years. And I think that it now that I've talked to her, so we we're talking about this... And she's really insightful. She's a, a cool woman. She's kind of nutty, and but, but awesome yeah. um, and smart. And uh, um, she said, okay, I, I'm going to give you an assignment. She Ooh. gave you an assignment? Yeah. Your, your, your assignment. Is I don't want you, you should, dating this woman. Yeah, I'm you, not sure about this. You should go. Uh, it was an awesome <laughs> assignment. She said, uh, you should go home and just videotape yourself um, singing. Yeah. Oh. And so I and I got I at first I was I I sort of took it as she wanted us, me to send her a song, but then I realized naked. No, she was saying. The, Sorry. You're belittling my experience. <laughs> I'm not belittling it. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a mental image. Okay, so the you deal is filthy. As soon as I got home, I I set up my uh, my camera or my iPhone on a yeah. uh, tripod. She'd done it and with your uh, pocket Osmo. But the th- thing, the point was that I videotaped myself playing a song, watched it, deleted it, played a song, yeah. watched oh. it, deleted it, played a song, watched it. I did it like ten times, yep. and it was awesome. And I'm gonna keep on doing that. I've done a I'm ton gonna do of that. that. I'm I do gonna, that pretty regularly. That's wow. gonna be like yeah. going to the gym for me. 
Yeah. This is like I'm getting over this. the stage fright. Yes, yes. And, and okay, it was this. amazing. It felt so liberating to know that I was going to wow. delete it. Even if it was good, I was going to delete it. But it's also, it's an experiment in you changing your perceptions of what you're seeing when you're seeing yourself. And that's what you were talking about, Pablito, about how I feel differently about what I'm seeing when I see what you filmed of me now versus six years ago. So this stage fright that you've been experiencing, Dave, do you feel like you're bringing together the the idea you have of yourself and the reality I of how you come across? So this is what I think. I, I think that the stage fright may have its origins in this whole new video age of being able to see yourself on video. Oh. And I and I was kind of like you, shocked to see what I looked like <laughs> and sounded like. On You know, I've heard myself recorded, but under ideal circumstances, like when you're in the recording studio right. yeah. doing audio recording... That's a whole different thing than, well, and, and than for me, seeing yourself like on stage, yeah, and I singing and uh, under suboptimal situations, and you see the way that you're doing little weird things like pursing your lips at a weird time or doing like uh, or you know like the way your receding hairline shows when you turn a certain way or the way you're all those you're, critical voices, yeah, like in these your little weird like why do I do that? Oh God, that's so gross. Yuck, you know. Yeah, that. I mean, I'd I similarly I'd seen myself. Uh, perform many many times on video um, but this is super different you know I'm not I don't have a guitar I'm not doing my own material I'm not a singer you know what I mean when I'm when I'm doing this sort of video stuff um, I mean my mom and I uh, oh. sing together and do little videos and release them I'm totally fine with all that kind of stuff and it's totally in line because I have a lot of experience sort of doing that and seeing myself that way. What I'm talking about is being an on-camera personality talking about a subject um, that I have a professional connection to that's not artistic in nature necessarily. I mean, it's artistic in nature in that we're talking about celebrating community through art, film, photography, and events, but it's not, it's not exclusively artistic in that sense yeah so, so as you do this do you think that you're going to be it's going to be normalized and you're yeah, as you uh, as you do it yeah absolutely because that's that's what my goal is through yeah. doing this yeah iphone thing so can i i i think the theme of this is the the sharing and the moving forward to share more because stage fright stops you from sharing what you have to yes, give. yes and, it, and it's it kind of happens with right now yeah. us doing this podcast like yeah. like when we first started talking today, I was really nervous about this and what are we going to talk about and what's the plan? You know, is this going to work in a restaurant and blah blah blah, blah. you know, whatever. All yeah. those nattering voices and and um, and now I feel great. Now I feel like you we're look just talking. great. You do Thank look you. great. Thank you. The light is good in here. Well, and it's just <laughs> nice to be with friends. Let's it be is honest. Nice to yeah, it is. And and can I say? Oh, I, I pick. I have a friend named Denise who I adore. Who. I also have known since elementary school. Um, and she's a poet, and she and I run Hey White Lady together, our anti-racist critical conversation workout space. Um, and we're just good friends, and she picks, a, she picks a word for every year. And I decided, hey, I'm going to pick a word for this year. That sounds fun to have a theme. Let's hear and, it. My word for the year of 2020 is share. Not share the musical, not share the 
Las Vegas performer and oh. the beloved icon of Sonny and Cher. Do but you believe in love after love? I'm so right. glad you said that because I was expecting a racial epithet. <laughs> because you know me Half so well. breed. Oh, that's all I ever heard. Oh, that's a great song, though. But uh, yeah. Problematic. I'm going to cue that up on the way. I don't know. Who is that? Cher. Cher oh, that's Cher? Yeah. Half yeah. breed. I would learn to hate the word. Oh, interesting. But the I, I don't know it. But, to but I'll it. be listening to yeah. it later today. It's great. Oh, yeah, it's got it's a um, yeah, it's a great song. Yeah. The the sharing share impulse. You're sharing your new video. Oh, you mean S H A R E? I do oh, mean S H A R E. So confusing. I'm, I know. I know. Because I thought you wanted me to like put on well, put on wig a wig and fishnets. I always and want you to put on a wig and fishnets. <laughs> but what you're talking about, Dave, is something was prohibiting you from doing what you love, which is writing the songs and giving them to people and being a performer. And now this process, a practice that will help you, it's almost like um, exposure therapy in a way, if you're yeah. familiar with the MDR. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yep, that's right. Um, but there is an, another element to it, to it, too. And it may be related. It may, and well, it definitely is related, but I was telling her that part of it is that I'm ashamed of being a show-off. Oh. Ashamed of being a show-off. Now, that is an oh. interesting, a very interesting thought. What yeah. is a show-off? Let's, yeah. let's unpack this, because we all had the similar, we all kind of side into that Well, no, idea. I've never been ashamed of being a show-off. I'm a, I know, but you have I'm empathy a, for his I, I, Yeah, absolutely, right. empathy. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm super curious what that... And also, remember, I was a child actor. I was on the stage from a very young age and um, super supported and encouraged by all kinds of people. Maybe wrongly so, but still super <laughs> encouraged. So, um, you know... Um, it's an interesting idea, like a shame to be a show-off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the thing that's weird about it is that I remember that being sort of a term of derision when I was a little kid. Who and then, told, who said like show-off? show-off. You know, You're I, such a show-off. Like maybe my sister said it or Your something, sister. or you know, or, it's or always people. The yeah. Sisters yeah, always yeah. do <laughs> it. Goddamn sisters. But do you know what it is? It's tall poppy syndrome. Or Gentala. Yeah, this I like your tall poppy. Deal. Tell your tall poppy. Okay, thing. so like so this is a phenomenon, and each culture has a name for it. In the Scandinavian culture, it's called Jante Law. In Germany, it's called the Red Poppy uh, Syndrome. And it's essentially if you get too far, too big in yourself, too far above the pack, the culture will come in, you know, cut you down. It's kind of that Minnesota mean you know minnesota nice but there's a certain like don't get ahead of yourself don't trumpet yourself too much don't show off which is funny yeah. because uh, because western culture promotes the individual so heavily so it's a it's an odd dichotomy that we have yeah right right it's a sticky wicket it is a sticky wicket but but i'm curious how it how that idea got into your head and how shame became associated with it yeah, I don't, and, and again, it may have something to do with the, the new age of seeing yourself a lot more in pictures and video and th- yeah. things like that. Like, I remember um, a couple of years ago, Shira, my, did you ever meet Shira? My I feel friend? like I did. Um, 
anyway, we when uh, we used to go dancing together, just do like party dancing, and um, went to this some event, and and somebody was filming it, and it got it was online, and I saw myself dancing. Yeah. Oh my god, that was fucking mortifying. Why? It's <laughs> <That was> awful. <laughs> oh, just seeing me being a. Yeah, I'd never see myself dance, and I'm yeah. just such a fucking. But where does dildo. all the criticism <laughs> come from? Like, yeah, that, why would you why say that? Because oh I guarantee, God. if if I, I saw if I, I didn't know it. you and I saw the video, I'm not going to think of oh, that guy. She was delighted by it. She was just yeah, like, look, look at yeah. you, look at you, and, yeah. and I just was like, this guy. Oh. God. So is it just self loathing? I just Yeah, yeah. I hated myself. <laughs> or is it like having an image? Even of just what thinking you about it right like? now, I hate my fucking <laughs> oh, self. Oh, we love you so much. Dave. I love you, Dave. We yeah. do love you. Oh, I yeah. love you too. But but it's <laughs> so interesting though that you are a performer. I mean, you you're a singer well, songwriter. Yeah, and part of it is, I know. So when I see other people performing, I am so appreciative of them giving yes. and I want to be like them but then I think it, it, it's there's something in me that feels like I'm unworthy of it and that you know it's super interesting I, I, yeah, I really so, understand um, it I really understand and relate because you know Pablo when you self-identify as a child actor yeah I'm always so amazed that you you <laughs> not ashamed no that you just you just <laughs> own that identity and I, I was a child actor I was an actor at 11 years old yeah and I had a I had a very strong experience, but I don't claim it or own it in the same way that you do. And I think I'm going to be, as in many things, following in your good example. Well, well, because it's, it's, it gives you a sense of strength to say, I'm this. Is, you know, d- forgive me in advance, but is there something in Jewish culture that's kind of cool about like per- being, uh, not, not being ashamed of performing? Because I, I know a lot of... It, it seems like there's know. sort of a... I don't know, like a, I mean, a chutzpah. Could, it has something to do with like chutzpah or it something. It could just or? be a classic sort of minority uh, perspective or something. I'm not sure. I mean, for me, my mom was an actor and performer, and my they met. My parents met in the theater. Although my dad was not uh, an actor, he he gave it up, but he dabbled in it in college. But my mom was a was an equity actor and a serious actor that worked in Chicago, and I, I literally grew up in the theater. So, you know, it was just part of my experience and then when we came here from Chicago I went to Children's Theater and you know it was just my entire experience it's funny I remember when Stephanie and I started dating I explained to her that I was a genius and she uh, (laughs) she thought so important to lead with that yeah I I felt it was important to establish and she she bridled at sort of my boldness and the assertion and I explained to her, uh, she was like, you're not, she said, you're, you're not a genius. You're, you're you know, very talented, honey, but you're not a genius. I said, oh, yeah, I'm definitely a genius. I said, um, uh, hang on, I'll, I'll prove it to you. And I called my mom. <laughs> I said, Mom, uh, I got Stephanie on the phone here. Uh, am I a genius? Oh, honey, you're such a genius. You're such I a genius. I said, well, there you go, Stephanie. You're going to call my mom a, lo- uh, a liar, Stephanie? Is that, is that what you're going to do? <laughs> That is so great. All that to say, I'm going to use that. That's how I grew up, you know. <laughs> which is, which is, it's important. And this, perhaps, people that are not in the performing arts or, or creating, um, you know, stuff don't really understand. It's not ego in this sort of traditional or destructive sense. It's Im- it's important to 
to have a permeable ego. It's important to have it be strong and present, and it's important to have it be nothing. So I think that your self-loathing is a flip side to something that can be really healthy. You know, I think it's just conditional, and you need to sort of be able to evaluate um, what you're doing and how you're doing in a practical way, and you need be, need to be able to find your your sort of performing instinct and your artistic yeah, instinct. Well, and yeah, and, and all that jazz. It just now it occurred to me that there's you know like I I, I don't have any um, compunction about like showing my photographs on Facebook. Yeah. Or presenting, um, you know, like I I draw you know i, I do those yeah. abstract drawings that you They're saw great. in my house and um you know like oh yeah i did that or whatever and perhaps performing can be just another thing that you are creating you know you're 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 making a work like i like to write songs here's a song i wrote it's, you know whatever the, uh, you appreciate it if you if you you know take it or you know whatever right kind I mean, of like there, the there way could that be I a do photos practice of sharing that's why i chose the word for this year maybe it shouldn't be so precious is right. what i'm saying Share. like why be so precious about it this is not me uh this is not the essential me this is something that i'm i made and and check it out yeah do you know the um writer austin cleon no so my friend Nance Olison, who you may know, she's know a Nance. wonderful actor uh, who, and an and incredible illustrator and writer. She had, for many years, she had a program called Mambo, which uh, this was before now our great era this was of on sharing. KFAI, it was right? on KFAI, yeah. and it was, a, it was a platform for mothers and for uh, caregivers. And she had essays and guests, and it was a really wonderful um, wonderful commentary and contribution and now she is a writer and illustrator and she shares what she does on a consistent basis as a practice to just continually create and put it out there and this man Austin Cleon is one of her teachers he wrote a book called Steal Like an Artist then he wrote um, Show Your Work and he's got a wonderful blog. Oh, yeah, I've seen that uh, Steal Like an Artist. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, I've been watching Nance um, enter into her kind of powers as a maker by continually sh- showing her process. And I think that's something that can be so emboldening and strengthening and um, also builds an audience and kind of normalizes maybe some of the vulnerabilities that can be part of the situation um, that might prohibit you from sharing more. Uh, just to think of it as a practice, like I had a, a poetry teacher that said she has a publication practice. So she shares her writing on a regular basis as a practice. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, for me, that's something I'm interested in doing. It's just thinking about it more generously. I'm sharing. Yeah, yeah. That, in fact, I was just going to say that about generosity. Yeah. Is that what, you know... Par- okay. oh, <laughs> Pablo's Pablo. making a film of us as we speak, and it's very uh, Pablo. funny. We look like bobbleheads. <laughs> it's a time-lapse video. Well, you know, Pablo the first podcast we talked about hosting and hospitality and now we're talking about generosity 
when are we going to put them together yeah. for a party okay. with a house concert? For hosting Rossity. Hosting Rossity, <laughs> yes. And, you know, actually, in those, uh, both of those, those subjects are, are, are kind of related. Because in, in our last conversation, we were talking about, or I was talking about how I don't like to ha- I'm ashamed of my place. Right. Having <gasps> people over at my place. We're the shame Now monsters. I'm saying that, yeah, you're sh- this is all about Dave's shame. <laughs> Welcome to the Dave, Dave's Shame podcast. And Pablo's Dave's genius. Shame. Yeah. My mom just texted me, by the way. Oh, hi, Rhoda. She oh, did not mention the your genius son's part, genius. but I'm sure with an, you can remind a mild her. prompt. You can remind her. <laughs> yeah. Mom, remember um, I'm a genius. No, no, I wouldn't have to say that. I would just, the way I would prompt her is to say, Mom, do you, do you think I'm great? Oh, you're a genius. <laughs> You're so great. Do you think if I said, Rhoda, do you think I'm o- great or okay? Do you think she'd, what would she say? I'm going to try probably say it she loves time. you. Yeah, oh, give it a try. I'm going to give it a try. Um, Maybe I can. I think you're a genius. Thanks, brother. I think you're a genius. So are we having a party at your house? Sure. Yes. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I would love to do that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I would love to do, well, I would love to do that campfire cycle thing that I was yes. talking about last time. But, um, but it would be just fun just to do a party. Well, we can do both. That's yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about. Like, true. let's combine the goal of last podcast, which was to have more parties. Remember yeah. movie night at your house? Yeah. I was going to do. I can do a. I could do a house concert at my house. Yeah. In my tiny little cozy. That'd be hilarious. Place. Okay. But I've got a. a, a I know you have a house house. Grand piano and a, you know, yeah, we could do it so at my house. So let's place. do it at your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it at my house. And I've got an exciting front stairs. Every time I go up my front stairs. They are up. exciting. They are very <laughs> exciting. You know, I, I was talking to you, Pablo, about the idea of sharing yes. photos. Because I oh, take yes. photos on Instagram as well. But now I, I want to put a book together so that I can give it to my oh, yeah, child. Blur- or my is it Blurb? Or what, I use Blurb, yeah. yeah. I was looking online at the different platforms and I've just decided that I want to do it. I want to share. Yeah. Actually, I was thinking uh, maybe I should do a book of Oliver photos for Stephanie Ooh, and Pat. That would be yeah. really good. Yeah. I Although mean, some of the ones I like, she doesn't like. I'd have to, and then she doesn't want any photos of herself in there, which is a bummer. Well, I mean, she might. Maybe like you should them. do a book of just Stephanie photos. That could be she the same thing as murder me. Maybe she it, needs but exposure she therapy. Be the, like yeah, Dave exposure does. therapy. Exactly. It yeah. would be the same thing that that she woman just straight up murder me, guys. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's like she could just, but it would be one copy of one book. Yeah, it would just I, for her. She could I have you know what? I would cut. never do that to her because Music although. Yes, and although I am a deeply disrespectful person, <laughs> transgressive to <laughs> and the transgressive, core, I would never do that to my sweetie. She just doesn't. I'll sneak the odd photo in every now and then, but which is so I, ironic. If I get, she, first of all, she's so beautiful and she's so photogenic. Yeah, yeah. So I, it's just, uh, I, I think, a question of. Um, I know, but we all live with what we live with, true. and she's living with it. She true. lives with, you and know, and and she's got no. She, you know, this is fine. all okay. The, the, I can see the theme today is shame. As it was, was part of last last yes. week, this whole shame thing. God damn it! I'm not sure if it's shame for her. I think it's um, she doesn't. It's sort of like nonsense to her, you know, and like she doesn't want any nonsense, and and uh, and and probably she just doesn't 
you know, she likes, she's very particular about the photos that she likes, and I, I can't see I it. I don't think it's just nonsense. No, because there are, there are some photos that she'll let me post that oh. she likes. So. so she just wants editorial control. Yeah, but yeah. The, what's, I get that. What are the photos she likes? That photos that she likes, the way she looks in the photos? You know, I... I'd like to tell you I knew, but I'm not entirely sure what aesthetic she's going for. Can you can you do a little dive and do some research and yeah, maybe come back to us come next, back to us next time? <laughs> well, see, I could sit her, if I could get her to sit through all the photos that I took of her, you know, but I don't take that many photos. I take more photos of Oliver than I do of, of her. Also, I take a bunch of candids that I'm never allowed to show anybody that I deeply love. They're some of my favorite photos of her that, again, she would murder me. Yeah, well, we want to avoid showing. murder. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Huh. I know. Tell her to listen to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the beautiful part. Uh, she's curious what we talk about, and I sent her a link to the last one, and she's never going to listen to it. And I'll send her a link to this one, and uh, I'll be like, yeah, well, we talked about you. And she'll be like, oh, well, I'm going to, and she'll never listen. I'm so. going to murder you, Pablo. That's great. <laughs> okay, don't tell her that we're talking about her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she should. Well, no, this. I think that this is such a, a fertile topic, and I think that it, I think a lot of people think about shame and self, self-loathing. I mean, I, this whole self-loathing. I remember when I was a kid, I was I was a ham as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And uh, unapologetic ham. And I remember my mom saying, and, and this, this is beside the ham thing. Um, I remember my mom saying, sometimes I just hate myself. I just hate myself more than I hate anybody in the whole world. In what context? I don't. I How can't odd. remember exactly, but I but. I thought it was really odd too. I was like, "How can you hate yourself? I like myself more than anybody in the world, and you hate yourself more <laughs> than anybody a, in the world." Horrible. I think, and and it, yeah, it just did not compute. Now I totally understand, it. <laughs> and yeah, and and it's sad. And I don't, and I wonder what it is that happened between that innocence of childhood and this point in my life. That is made. I mean, have I spent too much time in Minnesota? You know, and being the tall poppy syndrome yeah. or don't, whatever. It don't is, you think? Don't you think part of that too is just you get older, you have, you know, you have expectations about how things are going to go. Um, things. I mean, if you're if you're sort of present as you get older, you can't. I mean, anybody that at our respective ages is like, I've got no problems. Everything is going, there's something wrong with them, you know? I mean, like, I have like, made no mistakes, no bad decision tree for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, so <laughs> don't you think just some of that goes with the territory? Yeah, I suppose, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think that perhaps some of that is healthy to, to know to not have delusions of grandeur anymore. I mean, yeah, when you were seven, you probably had not done a lot of terrible things yet. And now you have done a lot of terrible things. You've probably said a lot of terrible things. You probably behaved very badly in ways that you did not when you were seven. Or that yeah. you could uh, sort of apologize <laughs> for or excuse, you know, when you were seven that you can't now. Dave at yeah. 30 doing something terrible is a fully well, cognizant Dave. I don't know that it's it's necessarily that I've 
I mean, yes, I've done terrible things, of course, but oh, um, terrible. But, <laughs> but it's more just it's the, the it's more the death of a by a thousand cuts. The oh god, you idiot, you know, like yeah. I, you just say yeah, just saying stupid shit, you know, or um, uh, you know, the accumulation of of just doing embarrassing and dumb things but, but and seeing yourself in, a, in yeah in retrospect and thinking oh god what a yeah I know, think like that that for me is getting older yeah. yeah yeah that for me is just a day sorry you were saying you were saying Dave you look back at what oh well you know like uh, like for instance my uh, this whole the whole me too thing has, yeah. has made What's me think that? about I'll explain it to you later okay <laughs> um, has made me think about myself as a young man, you know, and I didn't do as anything. As a horn to, dog? Well, Come yeah, on. yeah. But also, on. let's. Me- what era did you? Seventies, eighties, eighties. Yeah, okay. I mean, I graduated from high school in nineteen eighty. Right. So I'm eighty five. Especially, 81. yeah. I, I, I guess I, I pretty much started dating around nineteen eighty, um, and I didn't do anything terrible. I didn't, you know, yeah. Um, but I also, well, for one thing, I was a Republican back then. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. I was. Let's just slow this roll. That's his parents' fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were, well, they so, were Republicans. Well, so then change happens. Um, yeah, yeah, and I've changed quite a lot yeah. uh, over the years. But, uh, and that but is back getting Let's older. be fair, so have the Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True that. Um, but, ju- yeah, just my, uh, you know, like, uh, like I dropped out of college essentially to become a rock, rock and roll star i, th- I fancied yeah. myself you know dude my high school plan was get married to tammy montague when <laughs> she graduates and wait for the band to get famous <laughs> that was my plan yeah i mean i thought i was going to be the next pina bausch yeah oh nice yeah right yeah i mean i was you know yeah at the helm of armies of and then we just performing get artists. slapped down but as the no, years go by and find life? out that we're just fucking you know? idiots but see no, i don't but we're not idiots we're just <laughs> doing different things i mean that's the essential human problem is we can imagine things but we're in a body and we're in a body and we're in time and so managing expectations to me is one of the great pleasures of the arc of time and getting older and understanding how important naps are because <laughs> naps are very important. I think I think that my life and the things that have been in it are far greater than anything I could have fantasized about when I was younger. You and Oprah. So I'm not sad about any of that kind of stuff because I just didn't know anything when I was younger and I don't feel I, I don't think there is any model of my life where I I wouldn't have felt this way. You know, nothing, uh, fame, fortune, financial success wouldn't have stopped my dad from getting colon cancer and wouldn't have met, met, been, I wouldn't have had a, necessarily a good marriage. You know what I mean? Like all, all those things wouldn't have changed. Uh, to me, you know, to sort of tack onto what you were saying, I am no longer surprised when the answer to the question of what's going on is, oh, I just... I'm dumb, or I don't get it, or I'm like, uh, am yeah. wrong. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like oh, yeah. when, when now, when there's a situation and something is amiss, I'm no longer like, well, if I can just figure it out, I immediately assume I probably just missed something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, and that's, yeah. And that's so freeing. It's though. so freeing because yeah. that's and the fallibility of getting 
uh, older, getting exposed to more things, seeing how complicated things are, and understanding that the picture I have of the world is incomplete and always will be. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I find that really it's exciting. Free. Yeah, yeah. And, and free. The, the, and, in, and also it's relational because it means I want to know what's going on in that genius head and in this guy's head. I, you know, the eight-year-old ham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you think, yeah, I remember how much of a know-it-all Eli was when he was like six. You know, that's so adorable. <laughs> he knew, I know, Dad. You know, like, yeah. he, uh, and I think I was that way too. And I think that that, wh- what is that uh, um, syndrome? Uh, the the thing of thinking Dunning that Kruger, Dunning effect. Kruger. What yeah. is that? What is that? Dunning Kruger effect is basically, uh, to paraphrase, says uh, those that know. Uh, don't think they know right. and those that don't know think they know and it's because if you know you know that you don't know but if you don't know you don't know enough to know that, that you don't, you don't know. know yeah the more you know the more you realize the limitations of your own Absolutely. knowledge Thank heaven. Yeah. and you can see that you have only touched a little piece of it you know like like as soon as you um, like you think you know everything about Europe then you go to Europe and see one little part, you know, you go to right. Belgium and Holland and realize, oh my God, this is completely different than what I thought. Yeah. And now I want to see France and Germany and whatever. And uh, um, and you start seeing how big a, yeah. a thing, the sub, and the further into it you get, the more that opens up before you that you don't know about and you want to know about and you're curious about. And yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, yeah, it's super. That that is super interesting, and I think that um, yeah, I just think it's cool. You know, it makes <laughs> me think of my daughter because she thinks, of course, that I'm often wrong. Yeah, often. Does she think you're ridiculous. dumb? Oh no, she doesn't. Oh, she not. knows you're no, smart. She she thinks I'm smart, but she thinks that I'm. Um, maybe just ignorant sometimes. She thinks that I have a particular lens created out of a particular period of time and that my age is a disability to see how things really are. <laughs> and that, and she's not wrong. She's not wrong in the same no, way that I think, you know, as a white person, I have a certain amount of disability to see how the world yeah. is. You can say the same about because her the, as a young and, person. And men. That's a good example. You know, the men, whole white men privilege and, thing is all you know, about that. White men, she thinks, are, you know, very limited in kind of a world view because of entitlement. And the world right. is made for white men. And so it, the interesting parts of the world are maybe invisible to white men because there's an on-ramp to a way of being that's so grooved so she's she's not wrong you know about the limitations but i would say that we all have these lenses that limit our scope and like going to europe you have your idea of europe and then europe exists yeah yeah well uh, yeah and, and that's the whole white people thing is uh, um, at white male people thing is really interesting because that that's something that has just and and this kind of has to do with the me too thing and yes um, some of my favorite um, uh, white males are people <laughs> I've heard that um, but we so I, I was telling you about going to Seattle with Kathy and she had yeah. gone through this 
a seminar about white privilege, and uh, um, and we went out for a walk, and we uh, and she somebody said I have to, I need to go to the bathroom, and oh let's just pop into this restaurant, and we both realized that this isn't something that's done so blithely when you're a black person, that's you know, right. and so then we referred to it as. I gotta go take a privilege. That's right, <laughs> and that's why the green book, right? My privilege yeah. is leaking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but up until that point, I was completely blind to that. Yeah. Um, and I know that I'm walking around right now blind, and maybe this is part of that whole fear, uh, shame slash fear thing. Is just the knowing what you know as I go through life, knowing how little and how how dumb I've been in the past and realizing how dumb I am right now. Yeah, but isn't that freeing, kind of? Like uh, maybe how, it ha- how maybe I haven't it? broken through to yeah. that freeing part yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. And I think it's also conditional, right? Like, if you had a great night dancing last night and you met someone that you were interested in and business is going well, you might have a week of sustained, I'm an all right guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> but then you're in the in the throes of winter and maybe the last date didn't Vitamin go so D, well. Vitamin C. Yeah, and so you know, you're you're not as uh, you're not as your stock your Are we talking stock about is ego not strength? So like ego strength. There's uh, yeah, a certain may- kind of spine of all rightness that has to do with maybe. your self concept. Because yeah. I always I always said, God if only I had the ego strength of a 14-year-old boy. I just want that kind of strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Pablo, you're right. That's part of the, the beauty of falling in love is that you see through the other person's eyes yeah. how cool you are. And, yeah, that's a big part of that new love thing is, wow, I guess I am awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. sexy. Sexy. Yes, I am sexy. <laughs> because you feel validated in some ways. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. All right. Have we reached a natural conclusion here? I think so. I'm not sure what it is. One hour, 21 minutes? Oh, yeah. It seems All to be right. our arc. We talked about sharing. Yeah. Grable, you mentioned a lot of very um, sexy books. Yes, sexy books. You're a genius. You're a genius. We're all geniuses. Yeah. Yes, we are. I'll get an official proclamation from my mother. I'll we'll get I, something framed, <laughs> put it up on the wall. I'm, I'm doing a, a fade up of Static Panic. Static nice. Panic. Can you hear it? No, not yet. Can't hear it yet. There we go. Now I got it. All right. Yeah, who's all singing? Right. That's Row. We got to go hear nice. these guys. All right. Signing off from Minneapolis, January 3rd, 2020. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.